Before we get started, if you love what we're doing on the Church Sound Podcast, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button. Review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on. Check out our YouTube channel. And if you want more information, go to our website, www.churchsoundpodcast.com. See you in the matrix. Welcome to the Church Sound Podcast, where kingdom culture, real life, and technology intersect. I'm your host, Prentice Thompson, along with the pastor, Caleb Winley. We're here to help you get through Sunday. Could you hear the pastor? What about your live streams, social media? We provide solid solutions for all of your multimedia needs. Let's learn something today. Let's go. All right, all right. Welcome to another edition of the Church Sound Podcast. I'm your humble host, Mr. Dennis Thompson, along with the pastor. What up, y'all? This is Pastor Caleb. How's everything going? Oh, Man, you know, your timing. You know, you know, I thought we worked the timing out, brother. I thought we worked it out. It what are like, you talking about? It was about? like a hair late, brother. Like a this you a, know, really? Just, just a scotch. Just a scotch. A scotch. Just a scotch. That's <laughs> my right, new brother. that's my new British word said in Harlem slang. A just a scotch. You gotta say it like a that. Scotch. Just a scotch. Just a scotch. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little something, something. A little something, something. Welcome to another edition of the Church Sound Podcast. This is show number 24. 24. There it is. See, I see. See, this is the problem when you have to edit things. Reading is fundamental. Three, four comes after three, and so I'm. That's here, not. I. You are absolutely here, right. I'm here to help and to explain to the public that you are not alone in the world, sir. Yes, yes. I am yes, here with you. Yes. I am with you. You and I. I with me. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Anyway. <laughs> Before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, Metro Podcast Studio, yeah. the hottest podcast studio in New York City. If you have any of your any of your needs for your podcasting needs, whether it's live stream, yeah. recording, sure. audio, post-production, anything that you may need for your podcasting needs, hit them up, MetroPodcastStudio.com, and they will mm-hmm. take care of you. So yeah, today's yeah. topic is a very um, interesting topic, especially in the day and age we're in now. Um, yeah. And we're going to talk about church planting, yeah, and um, it's um, it's biblical. Oh, and yeah. it's needed. Yeah. And um, this is how the word is spread. But we're in this new age, so we're going to talk about then and now. And we have exactly. a great guest in pocket today. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So I'm going to give you our great guest bio. His name is Stephen Summers, married to Antonetta Summers for 23 years. They have two children, Bethany, 17, and Jeremy, who was 12. And he was called to ministry at the age of 23. He served in Baptist and AME Zion churches for several years, and he helped pastors plant churches. And he also, while doing all his planting, he obtained the Masses of Divinity. In 2010, he planted the Covenantal International Church, a culturally diverse church of predominantly Caucasian members and black and a black pastor. Wow, that sounds familiar. That became more diverse over the years. 
a bivocational pastor for eight years and transitioned out of the pastoral ministry. Still very active in teaching and preaching ministry and he's currently the VP of president, VP president or vice president of operations for a small software firm providing software to hospitals. Busy brother. Uh, his other key points that he is at, which which is which speaks to me, uh, he's a Christian hip hop producer. What? And a former writer for the for the for the thesouth.com, which is blowing my mind. All right, <laughs> call to preach and teach and bring balanced approach to biblical doctrine and daily living. I like to introduce to all of you, Mr. Stephen Summer. Yes, yes. Even gentlemen, good evening, good evening. Thank What's you for having me. What's going on, brother? Listen, it's a it's an absolute it's an absolute yeah. blast to have you on the show. So especially following last week's topic because this is kind of oh, like yeah. this is like the pickup you know exactly you know, this exactly. is the other this is the other you know because everyone has different experiences and how yeah. you disseminate that and how you it, it, it's it's really i'm good in the beginning i was going to put you both together when i thought about it mm. i said you know what everyone's experiences are different one two right. when you're in different areas in the country in different, different regions, regions yeah. and community yeah. respond differently. So I was like, you know what? It needs to have a few different perspectives to give it yeah. a holistic approach. Sure, sure, sure. So let me tell y'all, people um, out there, how I met Steven Summers. Amen. Now, Steven Summers is the guy that <laughs> my, my wife calls, officially calls him the pen pal. If you're <laughs> watching this on YouTube, this is the first time we've seen each other virtually or in person. However, we've wow. been talking on the phone for at least eight years. He is wow. an encourager. Yeah. He is like, this. like, he encouraged, let me tell you, the Christian hip-hop community, man, they was throwing me, they was put me, they was throwing me all over the flames. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you remember, I don't know if you remember this, Stephen, but I did a remix for um, Canton Jones, Christians in the club. Yeah. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. this. So Ooh, I sent oh yeah. I sent I remember. it to you remember. <laughs> so I sent I sent it to um DJ Will. I think he was like the the music the music editor at the time on the south.com, I yeah. believe. And I sent it to him and he called me right back. He called me right back and he said, Do you have a picture of yourself? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Sure. I, I got folders of pictures of me because I'm a professional. So, <laughs> I just picked one. Here, take this one. So he said, then about half hour, I went to get something to eat. And he calls me, he says, yo, listen, check the site. You're on the front page. I was wow. like, what? Wow. So I'm on the yeah. front page of the South on my picture and they're playing. You had the shades on. I had the shades on as usual, <laughs> as usual, because I'm always cool. Cool in as a fan. Um, <laughs> listen, I tell my wife all the time. I tell my wife all the time. If somebody got to be cool, I'm nominating myself. <laughs> I, I'm the self-nominee. I got the trophy. Here it is. That's what's I got the trophy. I'm going to be cool at all times. I always got my sunnies on. So yeah. they were... The comments were just so disparaging, just so negative. Mm. Who does he think he is? How can he change the words? And because I totally flipped the song. It's called the remix. And exactly. this brother emailed me and just said, 
listen, That's dope. let me get your number. Can I talk to you? So he got on the phone with me and he said, listen, I just want to encourage you mm-hmm. because the Christian hip hop community can be really, co- really cruel. And what you're doing yeah. is and what you're doing is great. So don't be discouraged. And that started mm-hmm. our relationship. That's dope. You remember That's that? Steven, is he frozen? It looks like he might I do now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I'm here. I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm uh, here. Do you, do I, re- you, I remember. You remember that? I remember. What was going through your head when, when you do. saw the book? Yeah. It's, like, it's com- all coming back now. What, 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 <laughs> but you know what it is? It's like, I don't know any any writer from a from a from any site or any magazine that would call somebody right. that's getting raked right, over right. the coals for doing something good. Right. Like this is the first time that's ever happened. I mean, and, I, and I've been had you know stuff in Billboard and all yeah. over the place, but yeah. the fact that you called me, the fact yeah, that you yeah, wanted yeah. to talk to me, the fact that you yeah. knew that I, that how did you sense I was really hurt behind this? Yeah, yeah. How how, how did you sense I was hurt behind it? How how did you? Yeah, I think it was. I, it was just one of those God things, man. I think it was, you know, my experience uh, producing some Christian hip music and was also doing some DJing at the time. So off to the side, I, I grew up DJing. Uh, my uncle was a radio disc jockey. And so he taught me how to mix and put mixtapes together. And so, mm. you know, getting older, you transition into Christianity, you're getting saved. And yeah. Put through that whole phase of, Nothing secular, nothing secular at all. all. Again, it's just into the whole thing about being balanced later on. But when I was putting out my mixtapes and trying to take mixtapes of Christian hip hop artists of the churches, I saw, you know, the flat that the artists were getting. And then around that time, you had that G. Craig Lewis movement. Oh, uh, right. You know, uh, you had, yeah. You had Gosh. that. And so I just remember watching a lot of his videos and just disagreeing. And just... Sure understanding like what it is that these artists and producers might be going through. And then you had the whole, can you be a Christian hip hop producer and produce for a secular artist? I mean, you had all these things going on and then here comes this brother uh, with the shades on and with this remix. And I'm like, Oh man, this is just amazing. It's awesome. And it's just like, you know, the Holy spirit just kind of laid you on my heart and just said, just, just call this brother and encourage him. And at that point, I just like got to get in touch with him. Got to get in touch with him. He's needed. He's needed. I know this guy's gonna quit if if I don't get to him. So, Dude, <laughs> just, wow. and, and that was wow. true. And that uh, was that true, man. That was true. Wow. That was true. Wow. I was. Wow. Wow. You about to give it up? I was about to. Man, listen. Yeah. I come from the secular world, so. So yeah. Having meetings getting turned down, but being but when you when you think you're doing something for your people. And then, mm-hmm. and they're worse than the people in the world. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. why? Why yeah, am I even yeah, doing yeah. music with y'all? Yeah, I could right, be doing right. music over here and, and still and do it accepted. my way. Be still right. do it my way. Still, right. still have a standard. People are calling me. It's not like I'm. It's not like I'm. It's over. People are calling me. Yeah. I'm still taking meetings, but mm-hmm. I'm expecting my people to embrace yeah. me because so, I'm bringing because so. I'm bringing something fresh. Yeah. So, to, to fact to get to get raked over the coals like that, it was just up. I just, I just personally, brother, I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. 
I just want to thank, thank you, man. Wilson, man. It, 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 meant, it meant the whole lot to me because right behind that, you know, I did Simon Technicolor. I did, mm. I did yeah. um, proto, prototype, prototype One, Prototype Two, which is all classic prototype. albums in the Christian in the Christian culture. And I would have, yeah. ne- I would have never did that. Yeah, it would have right. happened. Right, because I would have stomped out your fire right there, bro. That's that's crazy. Absolutely. It's funny, all God. It's funny that you brought up G. Craig Lewis because that was I got blacklisted by that brother. Me and my ex, bro, we got blacklisted. Wow. I mean, and this is the black <laughs> church blacklisting you, telling you that wow. you're not godly. Not, and I was in, I, it was me, Rich, all of these cats. It was crazy because I, I mean, we was DJing back then. You know, I was, I used to be mm-hmm. DJ Revelation. My ex is DJ Flame. So okay. it was like all of these things. And then like we, we, was, and you, we was mixing hip hop though. I, I, cause I came out of the world. So I was, I took yeah. gospel and mixed it with hip hop. And they, man, they killed, they tried to kill us. They tried to kill they us. They crucified you, man. They crucified. It's crazy. <laughs> it was crazy, man. Yo, bro, it was crazy. I was like, wow, am I a sinner? <laughs> something wrong with me? It was crazy, well, man. Personally, like, wow. brother. Well, I'm, I'm happy, brother. That for happened. me to you, I'm, I'm glad God spoke to you, and I'm glad you just, you, yeah. you encouraged me, man. It, 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 it helped me keep, keep me focused on what I wanted to do. So I just want to thank you. That's yeah, man, because this would this probably wouldn't be happening. It's probably, no, it wouldn't. No, it wouldn't be happening. Definitely. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. You played a. You played. You played a. You just never know what God part. is up to, man. Sir. Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. So before we get into the topic, to all yeah. our listeners, our new listeners out there, we do this thing we call Sunday school. Yes, sir. So before we get started, we're going to go into our segment called. Sunday school. Now that's the time. Ooh, that's time for Sunday school. All right. So, being that I'm the I'm the minister on deck today, I got I got yes. my three I got my three points. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. So my yeah. first point is social media or nothing. Mm. Social media okay. nothing. Okay. okay. Number two. Them lights is too bright for you. <laughs> Them lights, all right, too bright right. for you. Them lights <laughs> too bright for you. All right, number three, the four-hour sermon. Mm. So you guys mm. like you work it out. I'll be over <laughs> in the corner like taking my notes, you know, mm. getting my getting my presentation together. Brother, what you feeling? Four hour sermon. Sermon sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, well being like, a preacher, yeah. I, I, I want to hear about this four hours. <laughs> <laughs> four yeah. hours, sir, for, for 25. Four hours, sir, for 25. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, ladies and boys and girls, cats and dogs of all ages, sit back mm-hmm. and take a seat, pay attention to the brother on the mic. Yep. So, this had to be, I was at a, I was at a church retreat. And the church I belonged to before, we would have this yearly retreat and they would invite guest preachers and it would be like a, like a three-day thing. And, you know, it's like, have breakfast, you go out play outdoors, you have a day service, and you stop for lunch, you have like a little small group, but then mm-hmm. like a big service in the evening, whatever, and they have these cabins, it's all, you know, all nice. And, you know, we're up in the Catskills, way away from New York City, so it's That's beautiful. Fun. And nice. And 
and and like in most small churches, when they find out you the person with all the with, you know with the skills, you got fifty nine jobs. So exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm minister of music and head of AV. Wow. So I'm playing and recording and running sound. <laughs> and running sound. People looking at me, turn my mic down. I'm all on the cord like. You the man. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm doing my That's thing, playing. Well, brother, crazy. brother gets up to preach, and you know, at this time they was recording all cassettes. So, oh wow, oh so, man, <laughs> right? They rec- mm. All right, they recording all cassettes. This is like, this had to be like maybe '98, something like that. Okay, maybe okay. this late '90s. So. Mm-hmm. Do the cassette in, you know, you label it, boom, record. Brothers preaching, brothers preaching, <laughs> brothers preaching. Flip <laughs> side, brothers preaching. Flip the tape. Flip the tape. Brothers, to boys and girls, we have to flip the stake to the side A and side yeah, B. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, I know y'all yeah. don't understand. Those are, those are all my youngers out there. Listen, side A, side B. Okay, cool. They don't even know what the tape is. So, but they don't know what the tape going. is. Cassette. Okay, we, I'm gonna put a we're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna put a picture up there. Okay, side. Put in the show notes. Show in the show notes. Okay, uh, side, side two. Whoa. He's preaching. He's preaching. He's preaching. I'm blinking like <laughs> tape stops. New tape. <laughs> Record. He's preaching. He's preaching. And were these Max L 60 minute, 90 minutes? Like <laughs> these are 60 minute tapes. Oh so man. 60 minute tape. Flip over. I'm looking at the pastor like. This ain't God. <laughs> This ain't God. God's not gonna have us here like for four hours to this dude just just proper lying, just for no reason. Bro. Four bro. hours. Okay, so now you think it's over. Oh no. Prayer line. Oh yeah. Oh man. So prayer line. Oh yeah. Okay, so this is this is this is when you know I'm about to, I'm about to lose it, right? He praying for people, right? He want people slain in the spirit. He doing this. He pushing them oh. down to the floor. It ain't, it ain't God pushing them down. He got his <laughs> one foot behind their leg like. <laughs> You're not using the force. Like karate, <laughs> you know, like karate. You're like wax on, wax He's on. using the force already. Right. using the force. <laughs> Everybody's laid out all over the floor. You know, it's like five guys at the retreat. So now you, you helping all. Oh my God. That service was like six, seven hours. <laughs> Nobody left wow. there. You just left hungry. Did you miss that? Did you miss? <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So that's a, so. There it is. Four hour sermon. Four hour sermon. Four hour sermon. Amazing. Wow. Amazing. Wow. And I'm out of wow. You made amazing. it. You made it. That's amazing. I made it. I made it. And it's and it's funny because we've all had we've all had a situation. I know I have. And that the uh, we will not disclose this uh, this wonderful church. Uh, yeah, man, we've had those moments where we like, uh, 
Can somebody tranquilize this brother? I mean, what, what's up in his drink? Why is he still ministering? You know, I'm on my last point. You said that an hour ago. I'm about to go. <laughs> right? I said I'm about to go. And then they go, oh, but I feel my help coming. I feel my help coming on. And I can't Let me help you out of this pulpit. Right. Exactly. Get out of here in an in a arm bar. Get off of me. Get off of me. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yes, yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for just enjoying Sunday School. We're about to jump into our topic, which is church planting. So, yes. it's funny. I, w- I went on the internet and I typed in church planting, and I say, when I say a myriad of sites have popped up, it, I was amazed at mm-hmm. the amount of information. So, let me yeah. just go through the definition that I got about church planting. Church planting is a process that results in a new local Christian church being established for a local church to be planted. It must be eventually have a separate life on its own, be able to function without its parents' body, even if it continues to stay in relationship with the church or being part of a part of a network. Now, what I found was I found these four models and I kind of want you guys to kind of respond on these. Um, the different types of church planting. Now, the first one I found was called parachute. And now parachute is the method where a church planter and a family move into a new location mm. to start a church from scratch. It means they don't come from the area. They move to an right. area. So that would be called the parachute church. Okay. All right. Then you have the mother church. The mother mm-hmm. church is to provide initial leadership and resources, money or people to start a new church that may be, there may be a group of organizations that kind of are working together. So that will be your mother mm-hmm. church, right? And then they had, I saw this definition called the house or the cell method, where small groups mm-hmm. call mm-hmm. cells that meet in homes, they may form and multiply in a relational model. These groups are somewhere, somewhere networked together and may break off into different, different church plants or stay as a whole. So those are or your different types. Then the last right, right. one is your multi-site, which is I call it the expansion version, which is where you hear the the you know in the commercial one church in forty nine locations. Exactly. You no, know, that yeah. would be yeah. the expansion model, <laughs> right? Yeah. So within these models, I, which one did you fall into, Stephen? Wow, uh, great question, man. It, it, it's funny because. I'm a hybrid. <laughs> to be honest, I'm to a know. hybrid. So, um, yeah, interesting. It's an interesting story, and I'll make a long story short here. But um, I was in the Charlotte area, and we were living here for a number of years. And I had a job opportunity to actually move um, to Raleigh, North Carolina. I was working um, with, with Duke University Hospital at the time. And while I was there, we actually found a church um, that we became a part of. And that church, had a vision to to plant churches. Now, now, mind you, but before this, I had been involved in church plants and helped other people plant churches, but never really saw myself uh, planting a church. Uh, so we're in this particular ministry in Raleigh, North Carolina, and they they wanted to do the whole um, parachute approach, where um, they they basically send you to an area right where you've never been before. Oddly enough, the area that they wanted to send us to was Charlotte, which is exactly where <laughs> I was from to begin with. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So around this time, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the, uh, the call 
and the pressing and the to really step out into pastoral ministry because I've been teaching and the Bible studies. Um, funny story is I actually got started in ministry after preaching. I was in corporate America doing Bible studies in corporate America, like literally okay. on Thursdays where I worked, we would get a conference room. We have bridge lines and people would dial in and I would lead weekly Bible studies, you know, at this work site. And while we're doing this, everyone's like, don't let me get caught. I don't want to get fired. I don't want to lose my job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we've never had any of that. Uh, it's funny when, when your boss is on the, on the bridge line as well. And wow. you know, yeah, able yeah, to, to, to minister to so it was just so these things just began to happen. So long story short, we're in this church. They then wanted to send us out to plant a church. Uh, um, the pastor actually asked if I would become one of his associate pastors. I said, "Well, I really feel a college church plant." He's like, "We know all about it. We'll help you with that." They had an organization that had a mother church in Atlanta. And so it wasn't going to be where we were launched from the mother church. It was going to be a parachute. So they sent us back to Charlotte as a parachute and we were housed within another church here. So they sent us to a ministry here in local Charlotte area and we stayed there for about a year. We did have a small church plant team. We became a part of that church and then they were going to send us out um, as as a multi-site. So it was kind of a hybrid. Um, So yeah, I'm familiar with all of those approaches. So I've seen a little bit of everything from that. Wow. So what, what was your biggest takeaway in, in, the, in the early stages? Oh, wow. Biggest takeaway in the early stages. Um, there's a lot more to administrating a church than yeah. I realized. And I think that other people realize. I think, you know, growing up in the Baptist church, we had deacons, we had trustees. You had the motherboard, you had the usher board, you got the mm-hmm. choir, the whole thing. Right. And so you think that is the church uh, in and of itself. Um, and then as I begin to work and serve in other ministries, you realize there's an administrative aspect to it. You realize there's yeah, a financial yeah. aspect to it. You realize there's a technical aspect to it. Yeah. Um, and I haven't even gotten into the audio yet. So I realized that there was so much uh, that I didn't know that it took to actually operate a ministry, um, as we would say, in excellence. And what I mean by that is, you know, can you hear the preacher preaching through the sound system? Um, right. If someone actually submits their offering are you holding that check for two weeks before you put it in, right? Just right, there was right. just a whole aspect of ministry that's really business, but people yeah, don't want to yeah. use the B word, right? Yeah, but there's yeah. a business aspect to run the ministry. And so I really went into it with closed eyes, but came out of that with a whole different um, kind of insight and perspective on what it really takes to, to actually not plant a church, not just plant a church, but actually lead and administrate one. Right, right, right. right. So, so let me ask you, as a church planter, like you talked about the administration aspects, what did, what does, what would you say if you talk to a a person who's about to plant a church, who's in these, in the process, Mm -hmm. what does the church planter need besides money? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh man. Great question. Because, uh, it, 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 it's, it's funny because. Money was the thing that I didn't really think about a whole lot. It was everything else that I'll mention. So first, it's obvious. It, it's, it's prayer. I mean, so b- beyond someone being called to do it, I mean, yeah. lots and lots of prayer. Um, the bigger your prayer network of people who really understand um, what it is you're about to embark on, what it is you're about to do, um, really a lot of prayer uh, because there are just so many different personalities and so many different agendas. Mm-hmm ulterior motives. When, when someone says I'm about to plant a church and they have people working with them, what you don't realize is that 
you may have a group of people with you, but there's someone in that group that's thinking, okay, well, they may be the teaching pastor or preaching pastor, but here's my role and here's what I'm going to do. And how does this become a platform? You know, for me, right? Exactly. And as a yeah, and as a church planner, sometimes you never really know is someone with you so that they can use your platform, Mm. or are they really there to support Christ's platform? Because I never Mm -hmm. really saw it as a platform for me. So it really took a lot of prayer, um, and having people committed to coming together, praying, um, not just in person but remote Mm. as well for you regularly. So I would say they got to have a solid prayer network. Um, that's the first thing for sure. And they got to have a solid prayer life themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing that yeah. I would say is really a, com- a committed support group and network. So, you know, God kind of has to show you who these people are that are going right. to work with you. And for, different, for me, it was in that corporate people literally say, well, do you have a church or where do you go to church? Mm-hmm. church if you had a church we would come you know you start to hear those things but what goes to your mind is right. okay well what does it take to get this started and if i did this what part would you play in helping getting it off the ground so you've got to have a committed support group and you just can't be afraid to ask people for help right so um and within that committed support group obviously finances come along with that you've got individuals that need to pledge you know dollars to the cause but right. more importantly, time. So that's what I mean by committed. It has to be a committed support group and just a network of individuals that see your vision. Um, and ultimately, it's God's vision. But see the vision that you have for that particular ministry. So sure, if that sure, ministry sure, is going to sure. be centered around, you know, biblical teaching, if it's going to be centered around, you know, outreach and evangelism, whatever the core purpose of that ministry is, uh, they've got to be committed to it. Um, so prayer, committed support group. And the last one, so not spiritual at all, thick skin. Mm, yeah. Thick skin. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, especially in the South. So it's interesting, uh, Pastor Caleb, sounds like, you know, you've got a background in that as well, but in a different area. Yeah. But in the South, uh, planning a church, mm-hmm. that was a no-no. It, it, it's like, what is that? So when, when I first told people I was going into church planting, they thought I kept saying church planning. Like, what are you going to plan? <laughs> you, you plan a Sunday program? Like, what do you plan? I'm like, no, church plant. Like, what do you mean? What is a church plant? Like, what is this? Is it a flower? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> is like, it a bouquet? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Like, no concept of what that was, at least in my experience here in, in, in the South. And most of the individuals right. I ran into that planted churches came from other areas and they came south. So I ran into guys who would come from Baltimore and they would come down here right. to plant a church and, right. and start a ministry. They were coming from other places. But being from here, growing up in a Baptist network and then serving as a youth minister and mm-hmm. uh, minister of evangelism in an Amy Zion church, you know, and that's all structured, very structured, ha- has a method to it. So explaining that to them, they are looking at you like, has the devil warped your mind? Huh. Like, what? What is this <laughs> right, church right, right, right. They view that as 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 you're in rebellion to a denomination, right? right. So, you mean you're not going to be Baptist? You're not going to be Methodist? You're not going to be Presbyterian or Lutheran? So, are you even a church? Are you even saved? Like, that's right. what it was viewed as down here. So, you got to have really thick skin, depending on where you are, and <laughs> just know that God has called you. 
And if you know that, like, as my grandma would say, you got to know that you know that you know, right? That's right. That's right. And, you know, you've got that that tug and that pull. Um, but, yeah, thick skin, man, because I had a lot of people uh, say that this was not going to work or you don't know what you're doing, which was true. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> it's not going to work in the South. And, it's and again, almost just like the parallel with the Christian hip-hop music, hearing people say that's not going to work, that's not godly. Right. It was the same thing. So. Um, yeah. I had to have really thick skin and focus and, uh, and, and a praying wife, a praying wife. That's the best thing in the world right there. You need that. You need that. For yeah, sure. absolutely. It's yeah. I'd say though, those are three um, key things. That's dope. It's funny because what, you know, I've, I've traveled a lot. And so a lot of places that we go, we go to the South and it's funny how there is that, um, the pastor is the one who does everything and there are those in leadership. They, they support the pastor, but we, we just come to chill. We, we yeah. came to hear, we didn't come here. Don't, don't activate me. I've had people say that. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> let, don't prophesy over my life and tell me I'm about to be a pastor. I don't have a problem with you saying me be a usher. I'll be a usher, but I'll, I'll be never, a greeter. Come on, exactly. I'll be a greeter, you know, all the lower things. And, and it's amazing that because you would think that in 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 that atmosphere, there it's so much more rule, it's 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 easier to touch the lives of people. Yeah. But there's something about that comfort that comes with the South. Mm-hmm. There's like a spirit of comfort that comes with the South, as well as that fam that family mentality that sometimes says, okay. All right, Pastor, you know, uh, you know, we got basketball or we got football or we got yeah. steel, whatever it is we got, all of those things have to happen. Game is on. Hurry up. Game yeah. is to the to the point where pastors are yeah. actually <laughs> connecting at six and seven o'clock in the morning, and then the next teaching is at eight o'clock so that way the people can have time for family time. Because yeah. family and gaming and all that stuff is all is, is so important to that whole that whole region. But here in New York, it's almost like the reverse. We're all chasing after something, but we're not going after what God has called us really to go after. Mm-hmm. We're chasing to build the church, yes, but we're not doing it the Mark 615 way. We're not going after it the same way. We or, or, or with us, we're so we'll leave our families mm-hmm. just to do church. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not God's heart. That's not God's yeah. heart. You know what I'm saying? And so so you, you it's it's amazing how you see the two dynamics. And they, I'm I'm surprised not I'm surprised and not surprised to hear that that's how they responded. Yeah. Know, wow. Because, so how yeah, so man, how did great. you um um brother how did you deal with location like how did you find a location what were your challenges in that in that regard planting a church finding where where it should be um uh, when to start yeah. like who started with you yeah. what was your what your team look like. Yeah, it was it was interesting. So um, to, to, to flash back to, to those uh, Bible studies I was doing uh, on my job at the time, there was uh, a young lady who uh, came to one of those Bible studies it, and she was just going through something one day and she just stayed behind and said, hey, I have a have a question. Can you answer a question? So answer the question and then she just began to kind of break down and, you know, we ministered to her. Um, she was having an issue. Um, her, her husband was looking for work. Her husband was out of work. And, and it was just one of those financial situations. But in addition to that, uh, her husband was a minister of music in a Southern Baptist 
all Lily White Church, right? Wow. And so <laughs> not only was he going through some things on his job, wow. he was going through things at the church because yeah. he's he was becoming more open to the Holy Spirit. You know, so down here in the South, it's you go to church, you're quiet, you sit there in these mm-hmm. churches, you sing your hymns, you know, you're up and you're out in, in 40 yeah. minutes. But he was kind of feeling this pull from the Holy Spirit. So long story short, um, uh, the young lady that was in that Bible study connected me with her husband. And this this guy was just amazingly um, anointed. I, that's the only way I can ex- explain it. There was just, he was classically trained in piano, but he could, any instrument he picked up, he could just play it. Like, he could just do that. Wow. But wow. it was amazing because for a whole year, we never talked about music. We never talked about church planning or anything like that. We just built a relationship over the course of about a year, year and a half. And in between that relationship building, I had moved away. So church planning wasn't even on our mind, but we remained friends. So then um, a period of time went by when he was about to leave that church. And the timing was we were coming back to the area. So that relationship was already there and established. Um, Had a conversation. We prayed about it and said, yeah, let's do this. God is leading him to leave that, that ministry and leading me to come back to the Charlotte area to plan a ministry. So it was literally us two. You had Pastor and the Minister of Music, Praise and Worship Leader. Um, now, mind you, he knows nothing about gospel music. You know, he knows nothing about anything outside of the Southern <laughs> yeah, Baptist yeah, yeah. Church, you know, CCM kind of thing. But through our relationship, he just got exposed to so many different types of music. And so the short of it is he had a group of individuals that um, were looking for a place to do, do life and ministry. We had a group of people looking to do life and ministry. Uh, in between there, you had people caught up in church hurt from different places that we had been ministering to. And so we started having um, like home Bible studies. Um, so we move into the cell group okay. type of thing. And so several people yeah. came, listened to those Bible studies. And from there, a core group was formed um, that made the team that was gonna go out and plant the church. So. Um, that's the short of how the people came together. And out of that group, um, there was originally 14 of which my wife and I were the only African-Americans. <laughs> so it's, wow. it's just, we're looking around like, okay, we're planting this church and nobody looks like us. Like, okay, God, so what are you doing? You're up to something. So um, going through those whole things now, and then you understand that there are certain have that you don't have. I'm kind of speaking in code mm. here a little bit but mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. looking at group of people otherwise and what i mean by that is access to uh, real estate agents as to county information access to just public records just things you need to know um, like just knowing someone who's a general contractor that understands building code and what yeah. kind of code you have to have in order to put a church in, in a storefront. Like what does that require and what does that take? And so what I realized is that God was expanding my circle of influence, not because of me, but because of him, because there was this thing that he wanted to do. So God knew I was going to need someone who knew church finances. He knew I would need someone who knew how to do children's ministry. He knew I would need someone who knew how to do um, audio ministry and youth ministry. And every single one of those things was represented in that group. That's it's like God just God just brought it, and it all started from a from a relationship. So um, 
I would say in terms of building their relationships, that that was key. And so then from there, other things begin to fall into place. Um, that's the second part of your question you talked about. So then what about spacing and logistics and things like that? So through the church that we were connected with in Raleigh, North Carolina, when we came back to Charlotte, there was a church here that actually allowed us to use their space in the evenings. So we would attend morning services there with this particular ministry. And then in the, we'd break, we'd go have lunch, we'd hang out, have fun, and then come back at five o'clock and we would have our own church service. But for mm. the first six months, all we did was plan. We literally wrote by laws. We, we had to learn this is what does a church bylaw look like? And we had other people helping us with that. All the way down to how do you apply for 501c3? We took about six yeah. months just learning, reading, and doing all of those things to make sure we were a legit church in terms of the state, but then also spent time building leaders, teaching them what a biblical church plant looks like. And in other words, I'm not the pastor, I'm one of the elders. Right. Elders and congregational mom really looking in the book of Acts, what did it look like when the early church began and just really breaking right. kind of mindsets there. So logistically, we were fortunate to be housed within another church and you know, we eventually moved out uh, and went to a hotel, um, did the whole mobile thing, learning how to, you know, set up uh, audio and video screens and putting chairs out. You know, we did the whole hotel thing and uh, learned how to do that. And then we eventually moved into our own space. But, you know, over time, we learned how to do all of those things by just kind of being incubated mm -hmm. and just taking the time to really plan and just pray over what we were doing. Well it, well, it sounds like you were you went through three very important stages. You went through your incubation stage where you were yeah. in a church and then you went out to rent a space that you mm -hmm. could, where you learned the mobile, the mobile scenario. So what right. was your mobile, what was, what was, what was, what did that Sunday look like? Wow. Your, Early mornings. <laughs> <laughs> Early yeah, mornings. So, yeah. Um, yeah. um, I was fortunate enough because of my background in DJing to understand a, a little about audio and kind of what I needed. So there was a guy, and I was DJing, he worked at a, um, almost like a, a store, like, like a Sam Ash store, but it was locally owned little mom and pop shop. Mm -hmm. So I went to him and he, he got me everything I needed from the soundboard all the way down to, um, the, the speakers, the monitors, the subwoofers. And he just, even all the way down to making sure we had the right type of equipment to, um, automatically EQ and shoot a room. Right. So we learned so much and had all this stuff set up. And um, what that looked like was all of that equipment. You know, we had cases, we had a storage space. So every morning, uh, you know, around 6 a.m., uh, because our service started at 10. Sounds about uh, right. We'd, yeah, 6 a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah. we, yeah. We'd get up, another guy and myself, I would get my wife's van, take the car seats out, take the seats out, yeah. play the seats down, <laughs> pull up to the storage space, and we had figured out how to load everything in this van, like just packed tight, but strategically loaded to where we yeah, only had yeah, to make yeah. one trip. Right. So, yeah. and it got to the point where it took us from say 45 minutes to load. We were loading in 15 minutes, um, yeah. pulling up at the space and then unloading and setting up the screens, uh, setting up the sound and really learning how to, to be honest with you, simple things like, Mark, where 
everything goes. Like just put a stick left, right, all goes there. And really getting things down to um, a science to where, you know, we just kind of had a process um, that happened. So we had a team that would do audio. While we were picking up the audio and bringing everything there, there was already a team there setting up the chairs. There was already another team making sure that okay. the computers were set up. So we had dedicated teams um, to just do everything. So it didn't start out out that way, but we, we learned quickly how to put a process in place. And I really call it project management. And I just kind of pulled mm. from mm-hmm. yeah. my, my vocation in terms of working in business. Here's how you manage a project. And so we just laid out project right, plans right. for everything and everyone had a specific task. And here's when you do it, here's how you do it. And then here's how you break it down. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of the um, short answer of it. I know you both know there's a lot of logistics to oh, go yeah. into that, but oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, early yeah, morning, yeah. 6 a.m. <laughs> so how many musicians did you have? Just one or two? Like, who do you, How many musicians did you have? Wow. So great, great question. Uh, one. And what I love about my story and in, 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 in all of this is, is because of knowing how to produce music. Uh, hip hop music and or RB music and doing DJing because of that, working with this this guy who had only ever played a piano, and then convincing him to get a motif. Uh, wow! <laughs> and then and then you, you do a whole lot with that thing. Yeah, yeah. Spending, yeah. And uh, to to see him say, "I have no idea how to program music. I don't know how to sequence. I don't know what MIDI is." But to take my experience in doing that and then translate that for him within a three month window of time, you know how like some churches go out and uh, you know you buy the uh, the tracks, tracks CDs. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Within yeah. a four month window, he was creating and sequencing his own tracks in a, in a motif. Oh wow! And so yeah, so wow. we only had we only had one, um, but he was programming everything. We eventually had a guitar player. We eventually had a drummer. Um, but you know how church musicians can be mm-hmm. sometimes. It's mm-hmm. you know it's kind of flighty, so oh, we yeah. never really relied on that. But yeah, just just one guy, and then even when he wasn't available, we just <laughs> pop in the CD and go to the track. So yeah, we knew how to be versatile and flexible. Wow, That's wow, my brother. Let me ask you a question. How would you define being that you you spent time doing this and I could hear it? How would you? How what would be your definition of team building? How would you define wow. that within uh, a ministry? Confined, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, it's another good question. Um, how would I define team building? The scripture that comes to mind is John 10, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, mm-hmm. uh, and the shepherd lays yeah. down his life for the sheep. Um, the hireling will not lay down his life for the sheep. That's what I think about. So, right. how does that translate to this? When I think about hirelings, uh, I'm kind of going back to what we were saying before. Like we would have some church musicians where, you know, they have this gift and they want to play. But it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. how much are you paying me to come and play? Right. And the one thing that I learned very early on and what I thank God for was I never left my job. So I always held down my job even while I was pastoring. Mm-hmm. And so when it came to giving, I made sure that, I led in giving. Now, only people who looked at the financial records could see that, but they kind of knew, right? I'm like, I'm giving, we're putting money into this, you know, they come into church and you got seats. Well, where'd that money come from? Well, I held down my job, right? So, um, and then when it came to just ministry support, never took a salary ever in the eight years there, 
at all. Uh Um, So for me, it was not only that leading by example in that area, but then it was also when it came to time to clean the church. It's Saturday and it's time Mm -hmm. to make sure the church is clean, bathrooms are clean. My wife and my kids and I, we were in there cleaning the church. So what they saw was what I saw my dad do. Like I saw my dad have this crazy work ethic and he was just always helping, always working. He never would ask anyone to do something that he wouldn't do himself. Mm, and sure. so that's the example of leadership that I saw. Now, from a biblical standpoint, I was willing to sacrifice my time. I realized that I had to scrub the toilets and kind of lead by example in order to get other people right. to do it. And right, so, right. so team building for me meant, you know, that whole model of kind of, kind of laying down your life, so to speak, or laying down your time or sacrificing right. your Right, right. And leading by example. Local leadership really built the team by showing them an example of what it looked like to serve. So we did not do a lot of, we didn't call in people to do leadership seminars. We didn't call in people to do team building events. We led by example. And then in order to build the team, it was a lot of fellowship. So we built the team by being intentional. It was a word we always use. So we said we have to be intentional about building our relationships. So mm-hmm. we would we would be intentional about, okay, this Sunday after church, we're going to this individual's house and we're going to fellowship here with this individual's family and we're going to learn about them. We're going to learn what their family experience is. And we would rotate from house to house doing that. And so we learned about different people's skill sets we just learned that we had so many That's teachers cool. in the ministry. We had people who knew how to fix cars in the ministry. And so what we realized really quick was that we're building a team by giving people an opportunity to serve. What they saw really quick was that it's right. not up to the pastor. It's not up to these other elders here. You have gifts that you can use and we'll cultivate you and train you in that. But yeah, we literally That's led it. by example and by building relationships. So that may sound a little unorthodox because I didn't call out a bunch of books that we read yeah. no, and no, call no, out a no, bunch no. of seminars that we went to. I mean, those resources were available, but um, yeah, we really built relationships and led by example. Yeah. We didn't ask anyone right. to do anything that we wouldn't do. It's funny because that's how the, the current ministry that we're part of now, that's how I was brought in. You know, we was brought in, you know, you saw the, pa- you know, the pastor would pick up a chair and next thing you know, somebody would run yeah. and take that chair from him, but they were learning <laughs> how to serve. You know, how to it was learning. Hey, this is not, you know, because the, the individual that's that his main responsibility and yours as a pastor is to focus in on the word and get that word out to the people. Not that I can't do those things, but I need you guys yeah. to take the responsibilities of these things so that way I can focus. But guess what? If I have to, I'll get down and dirty right along with you. And we've yeah. seen that we've had floods in our ministry, bro, like full on floods. And water's coming down the walls, and wow. the fort, and my pastor's right there with the boots on, with and the mop. he's yeah. shoved, you know, he, he's he, with the mop and the bucket, and you know, and but you know, but for us, that was how we learned how to be servant leaders, not just leaders. You know what I'm saying? Not mm-hmm. just I'm sitting on the pulpit, and I think that that's very important for those that are listening. That you you gotta you got like you said you gotta model this thing, but then you gotta now whatever you model I've got to take that model and implement it in my own life not that not just at the church but across the board yeah. you know I think that's really important I get that from you that yeah. this was the life you lived you saw this in your father and so you lived that same lifestyle so when it came to 
building that into a team around your church, it was easy because that was who you yeah. were. Hey, but yeah, for sure. I had I had one mentor of mine tell me, um, and I remember this quote, and it stays me to this day. He said, he said, as a, he said, as a pastor, he said, what you do in moderation, your people will do in excess. I'm like, mm. what do you mean by that? <laughs> wow! 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 He said, he said, if they see you deeper, then they'll sweep the whole floor. He said, now this works both ways. He said, if they see you being lazy with the word, then they'll be extremely lazy with the word. It'll go from, you know, if they can tell you you're not studying and putting in the time, it'll go from them not being at church to not showing up at church. And so, mm-hmm. so he was like, whatever right. you do in moderation, your people will do in excess. And, and that stayed with me. Wow. It stays with me to this day, even as I lead uh, teams in corporate America. Yeah, so that's that's just a nugget that uh, I carry with me every day. So hopefully, someone's listening to that and can can hear that. Whatever you do in moderation, your people are doing excess. So definitely, uh, watch your behavior, watch your habits, check yourself. Always be self aware. That's the example that you're setting. Yeah. So what was your um, when you went to the third stage, when you moved into your own space? Like, what what was that? What was that um experience like? Man, that was fun. Um, because I was fortunate enough to had have worked with other people that had planted ministries. And there was one particular ministry that was here where I actually saw them go into like an industrial um, business park. And it was an empty warehouse, right? And it's just a concrete floor and a steel frame. And I was fortunate enough to see that get transformed into an actual church right wow. and i'm like wow you can do that you can do that wow. and so um I, I got in touch with some of our real estate contacts and said hey we're we'll church church uh, they looked up the zone important so many people plant churches and start churches but they will put them in that weren't zone public gatherings and you would literally have fire marshals going in and shutting these places down legally because it's not zoned for public use that way. So you didn't have the proper amount of exit signs. Wow. wow. You didn't have fire hydrants, um, I mean, mm. fire extinguishers mm. in the proper mm. place. You weren't located, you know, a certain distance from the fire hydrant from the road. So having seen that, I said, okay, I kind of know, but that part was fun to walk. It was just a 2000 square foot space that we initially found it had a little um, greeting area, had a room over to the side that we used for Sunday school, had a little kitchenette area, another a couple offices in, in the back. It was a loading dock where these 18-wheeler trucks would back up to. The garage door pops up and they would unload, wow. right? So that's literally wow. what it was. Um, it's just a shell. And to walk in and see that, and I still look back at the pictures of this day. My daughter was probably eight, nine years old at the time. And to take her into that space and she like, Daddy, this don't look like no church. (laughs) (laughs) She's thinking like, I know what a church looks like. This is not a church. (laughs) But um, to, to to then see in your head, okay, when the sheetrock goes up, we're gonna shoot the ceiling black, you know, we're going to drop the lights and put mm-hmm. a drop ceiling. And like, you can see this stuff, right? And then to um, reach out to some of your construction contacts. There was a friend of mine that was a, a pastor who had his own construction business and his own plumbing business. So we reached out What's to up? him. Individual that worked for him was actually a Muslim. 
And he says, hey, yeah, he's trying to start his own company. He says, I can't do it, but let me get my man Jamel to do it for you. So this guy is 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 practicing Islam, uh, wants no parts to Christianity, yet he, he is helping us <laughs> convert an empty That's warehouse it. into a church. And, and the whole time we're building a relationship, right? And um, you learn about a lot of person when you're up on a 30-foot scaffold. <laughs> oh yes you, know you do oh <laughs> yes you do i don't care what you believe at this point in time just don't let me fall right exactly yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly i'm praying to jesus you pray to allah we just got to get out of here <laughs> <laughs> but you know being up there you, you realize that you have more in common than, than you don't and so um just to see it transform and put your hands to the plow and do that sweat equity right do that mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, man, um, the, the, the most fun I had was then reaching out to another brother, taking that connection to some important relationships, who um, had his own um, heating and air business. So the back of this warehouse had no heating, had no air conditioning. It's a warehouse, right? So to then go up into the ceiling, see where the HVAC is running, and learn how to cut new vents in and how to run you know, the vents so that we can properly heat and cool the space. Um, I learned so much, so it was, it wow. was a fun experience. That's awesome, man! <laughs> and it was wow. work. Wow! I mean, most people they are paying people to come in and do this for them. They've got plans and you know a blueprint laid out, and they're just going and checking on the work. But I would say to anyone out there, there um, who got his ministry, and you know, sweat equity is is really one of the ways that you can actually show your people. That you're committed to it you can put your hands to the plow on it and when it's done even if it's just painting even if it's just helping to put the carpet and whatever it is when you walk away from it you realize that you actually help bring to pass what god put on your heart and wow. it'll make you appreciate the mm-hmm. ministry a different way so um yeah it was a very fun experience doing that but that would be my advice to someone is try to get your hands dirty as much as you can wow that's that's, awesome. that, that's amazing so where, did you have the same musicians there? Do you have the same AV team? Did your equipment did you did your equipment increase? Um, what did that look yeah, like yeah. on on the on the technical side? Yeah, um, oddly enough, the equipment that we had when we were going mobile. Um, another another tip that another uh, I can't remember if I said this to a pastor or if the pastor said it to me, and, I, and it could have been advice I'd given him when we were church planning. But what we said was. Whenever you plan a church, always keep a hotel mentality. Hmm. Mm. And and what that what that meant was when we were in the hotel, uh. we were very nimble, right? Our biggest concern was when we got to our own space, lose that drive to get up in the morning work. They enjoyed the fellowship of setting up, breakdown, like kids are running around all over the place, and you come together and have the service. And so we actually um, when we got our audio and video equipment um, for the hotel, awesome. we made sure that it would translate to a permanent space. But we went into it with the hotel mindset that we won't always be here. So this stuff has to go with us. So mm-hmm. literally the day we find the space and the space is finished, we went to the storage space. We're like, this is our last time coming here. And we went in and we set everything up. And um, it was just a smooth transition. And we didn't have to buy any additional equipment. Like the way we did it to make the sound right in the hotel, literally all we had to do was set everything up, put the mic in the middle of the room, EQ the room, and boom, we were off and running. 
yeah, we we were good. So wow, that part was um, awesome. seamless. Yeah, it was seamless. So let me ask you into like this. Just fast forward to twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Now we're in this COVID pandemic stage of life where everything's kind of shut down. And ironically, I saw this thing online and it it said how to plant a digital church. Mm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So both you pastors, since you guys are both <laughs> pastors, or have pastored, or have a pastor's heart, yeah. and I just the layman, the engineer guy. <laughs> <laughs> who speak when who speaks when spoken to? Um, would like your would like your your insight on that. We'll throw uh, that to pass to Caleb first. <laughs> uh, I mean, the digital church. It, it it depends on how you how you um because we work. We're actually doing that now. I think I think one of the greatest things uh, when it comes to building out a digital church. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Am I trying to build a church where people don't, they cannot make it to my church service because of a region that they're in or because of where they are in another foreign country? And we want them to come flock to this one place and hear what's being piped or what's being recorded. And then they come and they get, and then, but then, and then they leave, but then that's, that's church. But then what happens is there needs to be that follow-up. There needs to be the touching. If I'm, if, if as a, as a digital pastor, I still have to touch the people because the one thing that the Bible says that David smelled like the sheep because David wasn't a hireling. David was in there with the sheep. So when you're a pastor, you're supposed to smell like your people. So even if this person is a digital individual, um, a digital uh, um, congregant, they still need to be able to know that a pastor is speaking to them, that if there's a if there's a cell group, we want to connect them. If, if there's a phone call, if they have an issue, if they're having a baby, there needs to be inroads built into that person's life to make them to understand that although you may live in Zimbabwe, you're still a certified fully functioning member of this church. You may not come here and flip a chair, but there are. you need to pray for us. We need to be praying for you. There needs to be that colonia, that fellowship. It may not happen with you being here in the specific building, but our hearts must be tied to one another. So in that digital church world, that has to happen. And I, and I see a lot of these churches where they're doing what they call digital church, but it's not necessarily, necessarily a digital church because they've not, it's almost like people come, they hear, they leave, they make sow a seed, and then that's the end of it. But there's no, no connection. And I think that that's where we drop the ball at, you know, as 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 the church, you know, in that area. Yeah. What do you feel, my brother? I would agree um, from the standpoint of, of being the congregant. So having transitioned out of full-time pastoral ministry. Um, and, and being a member of a local church, what I have seen through the right. pandemic is that is to your point, I can access the sermons online um, at any time. I can access the right. eight o'clock Sunday service. I can stream it live. I can do the 10 a.m. Um, I do communion in my home here with my family. Um, but there's that personal right, touch. Right. And the church will remain nameless. But I was just talking to my <laughs> wife the other day. I said, you know what? I said, I said, I said, I said it's funny. I said, um, since the pandemic pandemic has hit, I said, we haven't had one 
an outreach from the church. Right. And my wife says, well, no, I get emails from the, um, from the ministry. Mm. Um, like this is not what I'm talking about. I said, we right. have a, we attend a church that is on the roll, 8,000 members. Right. Wow. So two Sunday services, 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. with at least 2,000 people easy in each service. And that's right. not including right. the youth ministries that are taking place in other parts of, right. of, of, of the church. So on any given Sunday, I'm crossing paths literally with about 4,000 people or more. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not one phone call. Right. Yeah. Right. You see, what I mean? and so, right. so I would right. echo what Pastor Caleb is saying is that the the online church is um, it, it's it's not a church. It, it it's it's very borderline of not being a church, but it's almost getting to the point because of this where it just becomes another platform to get the message out and to receive channel. an offering. Yeah, it's it, exactly. better, better said. Yeah, better exactly. said. And yeah. and instead of advertisements. How do we get offerings, right? And, exactly. And, exactly. And I can kind of see it moving that way. So we've been, we're in that space right now where we're experiencing that. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a pastor in um, Houston, Texas. And uh, he said that the one thing the pandemic has done for them, although they've moved services online, they've taken a different approach. And they've said they realized that they weren't as connected to their people as they thought they were yeah. in the sense yeah. that, yeah, he's like, we knew we were going to see people at our 8 a.m. service and our 10 a.m. service. We knew we would see them at Bible study and different things throughout the week at the church. He said, but we saw them, but we weren't touching them, even when they right. were coming here. And he realized right. that he wasn't touching them until he physically couldn't touch them. And so exactly. that was a very, very powerful that the pandemic taught him that even though he thought he was touching their lives, he wasn't touching them at all. And it took a mandate not to physically touch them in order for him to want to touch them. So they've taken right. a different approach in that they've got their deacons, um, you know, strategically and their other servants strategically going out and physically socially distancing and visiting people, obviously. But um, they're being very intentional about how they utilize the the online aspect of it and the technology of it. Yeah, so yeah. not only put the message out, but now how do they do that to um, blast other messages and get feedback like who's in need, who needs this, who exactly. needs that. They're, they're exactly. trying to creatively figure out how to pull information in versus just push information out. So they're still struggling with that a little bit. Um, but I agree with you. That's, that's a big challenge now um, with the whole digital era. Um, what I do think it will do is as we move out of this phase and get back into some sense of normalcy, um, I do think, I think people have realized that sometimes church has become their crutch, like getting mm. to church on Sunday has yeah, been their crutch. Yeah, yeah. And now people yeah. are realizing that I have to enhance my spiritual life through regular prayer, reading and study outside yeah. of the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that when I go back into exactly. the walls of the church, exactly. Yeah, so you're just I'm not just taking, I can also give. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. So let me ask you guys yeah. this. Since this is the pastor, the pastor panel, you know what I'm saying? We're going to be the pastor panel. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's all right. You're going to be the bishop before you know it. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 bro. Hey don't, hey, don't prophesy over my life. Don't prophesy over my life. I don't know what y'all talk about. Don't lay no hands. Don't, don't stretch no hands this way. Uh, I don't see no, brother, you I don't see no 
No oil on the screen. No oil on the screen. <laughs> Push it be down. Talk about halaba shabada. I don't want to hear that mess. No miracle spring water. No, no miracle, miracle spring water. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. Oh, so can can someone start a church just digitally? Because I see that someone will do that. I, I th- oh, yeah. Wow. Is it, is it possible? Um, you know, because it's, <sighs> it's going to happen. <laughs> it's probably happening now. It, it probably has happened already. Because if planting, somebody's doing it. planting a digital church doesn't mean you're expanding the church you have. It's I'm planting a church, but I'm planting it digitally. Mm-hmm. Right, right. What's wow. that, pastors? I, I personally think the it can happen, and I'm, I'm more than certain that it is happening. But the same problem exists that exists with social media today. So there's this, yes, I have a thousand friends, but I don't know none of them. Um, yes, I have all of this interaction mm-hmm. with an individual, but it's, it's pseudo. Um, there's always this wall that I get to stand behind called the screen that you can't see the real me. You don't really get to see the real me. So if we were to take that same dynamic and then say, I'm going to build a church like that, where is the authenticity that gets uh, poured into the life of an individual when they're being discipled. I believe that discipleship is something that has to be done. Jesus didn't do discipleship um, across the water. He didn't tell the disciples to go to one side and I'm going to disciple you from this side. He walked alongside of them. He slept in the same ship. He, He was connected to the people. So in order for that deal to actually work, there still has to be some form of me and you getting really to understand and know who's on the other side of the line. Because if I just leave it as I got 3,500 people coming into my church, oh, glory to God, and they're giving through Cash App and they're, they're giving through this, so that really must mean that they're really involved. No, it does not. It means that you have a good message and somebody is being drawn to the message. Ultimately, it's Jesus. But how do we take Jesus from behind the wall of the screen and put Jesus into the heart of the people and then follow them through the lives that they're supposed to live? Because that's what the church is. The church is not the place that I come to to become better. The church is where I come to get information, and then I live my life outside the walls of the church being better. That's okay, a difference. Okay, 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 okay. okay. I, I hit a nerve. Okay, I hit a nerve. <laughs> hit a nerve. <laughs> I hit a nerve. going to say, everybody pull your Bibles out. We go to John 3, 16. You know, we go, we go get up in the Acts and in, in Antioch. That's all right, man. <laughs> I thought he was going there. I thought he was going there. All right, so, 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 I listen. So if someone was to start plant a digital church and these are their challenges, what way could you meet them in the digital form? Because think about it. If you're going to plant a digital church, it means mm-hmm. you have people from all over the world. So what type of structure would you have to do the things that you say that we need to do? Hmm. I think and I can't I get think, no help in this sanctified church. Come on, pastors. I think what would, I, I mean, we're, we're brothers, processing. I, 
<laughs> I, I think, well, yeah, yeah. But I think also what, what needs to happen, even though they're still at wall there, there needs to be this like a video type of interaction. There has to be, yeah. it can't just be, I don't see you. I know you by anonymous in my chat. I, there has to be that connection where I get, even though right, I don't so, see all right, so, all right, I get so to see you. You know what I'm right. saying? All right, so name mm-hmm. them. Okay, cool. So we can say, okay, now video chat. Um, what what's right. your, what do you think? What do you think, brown brother? Yeah, I mean, oof, this is a, this is a challenging one because I am I am just about seeing people and touching people, right? So, right. Can can you do the di- yes? You can do it. So I, I like in doing the digital church, doing the streaming. I, I think about Paul, and I think about how Paul would write letters. Mm-hmm. And much of what we see in the New Testament, outside of the Gospels, um, would equate in a lot of ways to digital ministry, right? So Paul would go somewhere yeah. and he'd write a letter, right? And that letter would have to travel from his location to that location. That letter would mm-hmm. get read. That that message would be passed around to different individuals, and he'd write another letter, write another letter, write another letter. So. At its, at its very basic form, if I, if I have to look at a biblical model, because for me, in order for it to be a church, I got to be able to see some type of biblical model and structure for it, right? So we do see remote communication, if you will. Granted, mm-hmm. they didn't have the video piece. Now, we have the video piece. We have the technology. So if Paul can write a letter, we can certainly do a stream and bring people into Zooms and different things like that. We can certainly ask questions. And we can teach and edify, right, to a certain extent through right. this medium. So right. I'm on board there. Um, or to be a church, biblically, you got to have elders, you got to have deacons, and does the Bible ministry right. represent right. with, within that? So we can do all those things. I'm on board there. I'm good there. Where, where I go to the same nerve as Caleb is, at some point, Paul went. Right. So Paul wrote the letter. Yeah. He wrote the letter, but he eventually went. So when he would write his letters, he would say to the church at Corinth, I am encouraged by hearing of your great faith. And he would say, and until I can come to you, do these things until I can come to you. Right. So there has to be that coming together. Um, Acts still says, uh, let us not forsake the fellowship of the saints. Now (laughs) we've learned that doesn't mean being inside the four walls of the church. The pandemic right. has taught us that. And then most of us who are not bound by uh, the box of church, we already understood that. But there still has to be this coming together of, of the saints. So I think you can do all of the social media aspects. You can do all the streaming aspects and you can get the message out. There has to be a component, um, pandemic notwithstanding, because let's, let's say this, this ends and then this digital you know, movement is going to continue. There still has to be a coming together of the <laughs> saints, even if it's not to hear the preached word, it's at least to fellowship and hear what one another's burdens are. Because the Bible tells us that we right. should bear one another's burdens. So mm-hmm. how else right. do you know that if you're not connecting with them individually? Exactly. Um, so to so to Prince's question, what exactly look like? It'll be different history. 
Um, and that's not, that's not an easy way out of answering the question. It's, it's just to say that we don't really know what that's going to look like yet because right. of the pandemic, right. because it's not allowing us to come together. Right. Sure, sure. But sure. Um, I think it's going to look more like cell groups. And we've already seen this and, and cell groups are something yeah, that yeah. I, when I first heard of cell groups and small groups, I'm like, ah, miss me with that. No, no small groups, no cell groups. <laughs> and, and, and until you realize that there, there are people who just want to have um, focused time, mm-hmm. you know, with you as individuals right, right. and in the word, they're right. not there for social aspects of it solely. But I think it's going to look more like how do we come together in our online congregation and then how, when do these small cell groups meet? I think that's what it will look more like is a hybrid approach. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so too. I think that, yeah, that was my next point was that, okay, we can, you can have a virtual thing, but if we have leaders in different areas areas and regions and then after we get through this whole phase of i believe god that i believe that we are that Mm -hmm. church will be different but i think it'll be more impactful because now you're reaching Mm -hmm. more people and then you're combining more cultures you're combining more different ideas and this person does it this way this person does it that way but we all do it the same way we have the same mindset we have the same vision so i think that it will be go it'll go beyond beyond community it'll be the world as a community right it'll go back to what it was in the bible days that's exactly what they did being a follower of the way you 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 walk with jesus within the confines of your community y'all share jesus in that same and the things that he said in the same in that same room and that's Mm -hmm. i think that i think that's the same place i was going where we yes the YouTube and uh, right YouTube, but the the Facebook and all the other things, as well as FaceTime works. But there has to be that where I raise up a leader, where I identify and raise up a leader and say, "Hey, I know you're in Africa, but why not you start doing some work? We're all under the same umbrella. We all we have the same vision. This, if you need some kind of information, if you need a booklet sent to you, whatever it takes, so that we all, that everybody's saying the same thing. You, you release the same DNA, and you're building leaders in your home. Then let's make that happen. That that has to happen so that it it moves from not just cell groups but what uh, you know it, it's just a you got you you've begun planning a church right in your own right that's the that's the awesome. first steps of it yeah awesome yeah. i feel i feel i feel blessed and feel like i caught the holy all over my beard i feel like aaron all right so in the last section of what i want to do is this dude's about to stop what I want to do is a true and false with you, sir. So I'm going to ask you five questions and say true or false, or if you want to elaborate on it, you can. All right. That's good. Okay. First question. Church planting happens one relationship at a time. True. True. All right. Disciples and members are different. True. Please explain. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, disciples. Well, Jesus gave us the model for it. So if you if you look uh, in through all throughout Matthew and Mark and you look at some of the mm-hmm. 
miracles that Jesus performed. Obviously, the one that comes to mind is when he fed the multitude. And yeah. uh, Jesus looks at the multitude and looks at the disciples and he says, they follow me because of the fish and the loaves. Mm. Right, right. Right? And when Jesus said uh, that he was the Messiah, he's the one sent from God, that his body was going to be broken, uh, it said, this offended many of them and many left him that day. But his disciples stayed. Yeah. Mm. Right? So the disciples definitely had Jesus' heart to have the heart of the ministry. Um, often like to say disciples become the hands and feet of the ministry. Mm. And yeah. the members are those that are in the con- they're in the crowd. They're, they're, they're not committed. They're just in a congregation. So they're definitely different. Definitely different. And um, it's, it's going to be different based on which ministries that you're in, in terms of what level of sacrifice people are willing to make. But it's like he said, everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will not enter in. So mm. everyone mm-hmm. who is in the church <laughs> that is a member is not a disciple. That's right. That's Amen. right. That's right. So All true. right. Question number three. Hospitality is essential. True. All right. I think it's essential. Um, I can make a short story long, but I'll make the long story short. <laughs> make a short, a short story short. <laughs> but it, it, it is essential because there is something that happens when someone just smiles at you or just says hello mm-hmm. and makes you feel welcome. Um, God created us prior to us being... Uh, Christians, we are His creation, and that's so hard for people to understand sometimes. But prior to us being mm-hmm. Christians, we're yeah. His creation, yeah. and so He He wired His creation to have human interaction. Um, he, right. he He created us to be able to smile, uh, to be able to frown, and just have to emote and have expression. And there's just something about a smile and a hug, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Believer, and right? Not they can just your day better. So hospitality is very important. Great. Question number four. Sometimes church planting feels like I'm pretending to be a church. Repeat that one more time. Sometimes church planting feels like you're pretending to be a church. Repeat that one more time. I would say that is... <laughs> <laughs> I'll just mess with you. That, that is true. I didn't want to offend anybody out there who's playing a church and uh, or who is doing ministry and they're calling themselves a church. So um, I believe there are certain requirements uh, to being a church. Uh, one of them is, are you preaching the gospel? Um, if you're not preaching mm-hmm. the gospel and have regular preaching and teaching ministry, you would be what I would call a parachurch ministry. It doesn't mean you're not doing ministry, but it's not right. a church. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, there are mm-hmm. definitely those that are out there that are that are saying they're planning churches. But what they're really doing is starting some really good ministries and some really good ancillary mm-hmm. services to the church. Um, but I wouldn't call them a church. From a right. Biblical standpoint. Right. OK, last question. Got the hot five. You ready for the last one? I'm ready for the last one. Fire away, man. Fire away. <laughs> the church should match the needs of the community. Mm. True. I believe that's true. Um, man, like, you just, this is just so good. It's like, oh my goodness. The church should match the needs of the community. Uh, yes. And I also think the church should be a reflection of the community. What I mean by that is, 
in the Charlotte area, uh, y'all know the saying, everybody has a West side, right? So right, right. we have a, we have a, we have a West side of town, which is not the, um, best side of town It's under-resourced. Um, you know, it's not, it's not, doesn't have the same socioeconomic, uh, diversity as other parts of town. Um, you have a lot of, um, I mean, you, you guys on this, you have these areas, but yet I can go to these areas. And in this one area, that's high crime, low income. You have two churches that I think the cost to build those, the minimum was at least $14 million uh, along mm. this corridor, right? Mm. So we're talking churches wow. that house thousands of people along this West Side corridor. Um, the people that go to those churches don't live in that community. <laughs> wow! I, myself included, I travel. I travel thirty minutes to get there, and to me, that's not a huge deal because I travel almost an hour to get to work. I'm like, if I can travel an hour to get to work, I can drive thirty minutes to get to church. But I don't live in that community, right? So, right. I think the church should match the needs of the community, and we're doing a better job of that um, in terms of outreach, food ministry, food pantries. Uh, whether it's book bag drives, whether it's partnering with yeah. other ministries that serve the urban community. One, one of the things that we were able to do as a church plant was we just didn't have the resources. So again, we said, well, we'll be the hands and feet. So wherever these ministries were going out, if there was a book bag giveaway, we volunteered. We stuffed the book bags. Yeah. We set up the tables. Yeah. We set yeah. up the chairs. So because we're not in that community, so how can we go help that community so that the people in the community can be the face of the right. event, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I I believe that the church should match the needs of the community and to to the best of its ability, the church should reflect the community. Um, That's a challenge um, with mega churches today, to be honest with you. It's just a challenge. Right, right. And sometimes that can be a challenge with church plants as well, because if I'm being shipped or like you said, parachuted, Mm -hmm. you parachute Mm -hmm. into a region but you live in another region. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm coming absolutely. every, and we did that. We came every Sunday, we parachuted into a neighborhood and we tried to make the people in that neighborhood respond to the gospel when we didn't look like them. We didn't yeah. smell like them. We didn't mm. look like them. We didn't act like them. And That's they good. found it very hard to take us for authentic. And that mm-hmm. happens a lot when we go out there. So yes, I think, I think, if you're going to anywhere you're going to make that kind of an investment, there must be either someone in your group that comes from that community that can give you a inroad into that community or put the, uh, the face of that community out there. Or you need to live in that community. You, it, it just it works out better because yeah. then I understand the needs of that community, not just because. I see it in a newspaper or in a, some kind of information, but I know the poverty rate. I understand yeah. why this child here doesn't have anything to eat. You know, I, you know, and so there, there has to be more that we do in that area. I think, I think, I think, I mean, that's a powerful question. That's really, kind of like, really, like, like the neighborhood cop back in the day. Like, yeah, I, exactly. I, yeah. hey, listen, I, st- I still in my head can see cap, cop Hal from my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Wow. He knew everybody. He yeah. knew your mama. Yep. He knew your auntie. He knew what floor <laughs> you lived on. He knew yeah. what building you came from. And if you was another part of town, you wasn't supposed to be in there. He saw by. He, he rode by you. 
So what you doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want me to? And so it's. I think it's the same thing. Like that's what. Us, and speaking of today's world, that's what's happening a lot in our communities now because now yeah. these these officers are being parachuted into our communities that have no ties to our yeah. community. They don't know the needs of our communities. They have no compassion right, right. for people in our communities. They only believe in what they see on TV, and then they go home to the right, right. Yeah. Right, right. So, it's, so it's, it's, it's the same type of parallel um, that I'm looking, that I'm, that I'm, that I'm, yeah. that I'm witnessing. Yeah. So, yeah. closing, hey, listen, I think this was eye-opening. I think this yeah. was impactful. I think it was it's full of great nuggets, and I hope our listeners got a lot from it. I want to thank our esteemed guest, and now yeah, my not, not longer my pen pal brother, <laughs> my Zoom brother, my brother Steven Summers. <laughs> <Steve. laughs> and I met a new Zoom brother. So. He got, and he yeah, got a man. new Zoom brother. And sure. we just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you do what we always yeah. do. Like, subscribe, share. Share this with as many yeah. people as you can. What we're trying to do is impact yeah. as many people as possible. And so, sure. as in party, as we always say, keep God first in everything you do. We yeah. see you next time on the Church Down Podcast. Okay. That's it.